And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. I'm Dave Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're excited about today's program as we're going to be talking about tribulation missionary teams. So stay tuned for the program. You do not want to miss it. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, Lord, that fact that you have brought salvation to this planet and through different eras, different dispensations, you handle it differently. And Lord, today as we enter the tribulation and read about that, uh, Lord, may we marvel at your loving kindness and we bless all those who are tuned in in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to the truth who set you free. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about tribulation missionary teams. So again, Keep us in prayer, get your Bibles, and follow along with us. Nathan Jones, it's so good, good to have on the on the ground for this third segment of this incredible subject matter. Brother, awesome. Looking forward to it. This has been a great series. It sure has, Nathan. And of course, maybe someone out there did not have the opportunity to tune in for our previous programs. But again, Jesus... May, gave us a command to go and to share the gospel to the whole world. And we talked about that the rapture is going to take place. And then some people wonder, well, then how is the gospel going to be preached in the time of the tribulation? After the church is gone, how will the whole world hear? And Nathan, you and I have been talking about that. Right. It's a problem, actually, that gets many Christians stumped and actually against the idea of the rapture happening before the tribulation. For they say, well... If all the Christians are raptured off the planet before the tribulation and the Holy Spirit, the restraining influence through the church, goes with them, then how does anybody get saved during the tribulation? And that's an excellent question. Now, we read in Revelation, especially Revelation 6, about the fifth seal judgment, how there will be many, many people saved during the tribulation uh, from every tribe and tongue and nation or people. So you got to wonder— how then could the gospel spread during the tribulation without the church? And that is what we're going to try to answer today. Mm, excellent question. And Nathan, of course, last week, uh, as we were talking about this wonderful subject matter, uh, we began to give people a glimpse of how that was going to occur. Uh, you took us to Revelation chapter, chapter 7, you took us to Revelation chapter uh, 11, Revelation chapter 14, and uh, you mentioned to, to us that God is going to use a special group of people and certain individuals uh, to accomplish that task. Can you review for us some of the things that we talked about? Certainly. Well, we know that after the rapture of the church, where the, Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds and he calls the church up to him, and we go to heaven with him. You're part of the church and if you're saved. It's not the Catholic church or the Greek Orthodox church or the Protestant church. When we say church, we mean the church universal. If you're saved, then right. you are that. And that is, we learn about that in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and other verses where the Bible says the church will be taken up to heaven and we know from other verses, especially like uh, uh, Revelation 3.10, that we are not destined for God's wrath. And that's what the tribulation is, seven years of God's wrath on the planet. So the church is gone. The work of the Holy Spirit through the church is gone, that restraining influence. But the Holy Spirit doesn't go away because the Holy Spirit remains, and he uses other avenues to get the gospel to the people during that time. Now, you and I have covered a few of them, for instance, like we've talked about the two witnesses, or Revelation 11, which talks about yeah. two witnesses who will be in Jerusalem. They will witness for God for the first three and a half years. 
God will supernaturally empower them. They will be able to bring fire down on, on their enemies who try to attack them. They will stop the rain in certain countries. But halfway in, isn't it? It's awesome. Halfway in, what happens to them? Well, well, halfway in, they, they actually get killed, and uh, then they are, they are resurrected and taken up to heaven, the two witnesses. So that's amazing. Right, right. So we got these two witnesses who are a witness for God. They are resurrected. So that's even the best, even in death, that's the best witness because they get to be resurrected from the dead and the whole world, we're told, watches. But they're not the only ones. The Lord will lead 144,000 Jewish disciples as we read in Revelation 7, to accept the gospel and then proclaim it. Now, they are especially protected, unlike the two witnesses. They cannot die, and they will be there throughout the entire tribulation. They'll be like Paul's or Billy Graham's. They'll go out yeah. in the world, and they will lead millions to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that's two of the ways that God will, wow. will get the gospel out during the tribulation time period. I mean, Nathan, that, that is a mind-boggling to me. It's astounding because I'm thinking, man, I can just see jumbo jets, airplanes filled with these witnesses going all over. I mean, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's amazing. Or maybe they're just going to be focusing in the air of Israel, as some believe. Well, yeah, because they're Jewish, they say Israel. But again, the Bible says every tribe, tongue, nation, and people every. will be martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ during the tribulation. The, the revelation depicts them standing at the altar before God's throne, and they cry out to God, how much longer must we wait? And That's God right. replies, until your number is full. In other words, all the people who are to be martyred during the tribulation accept Christ and martyred, and that happens. So they're waiting for them. So obviously the Holy Spirit is, is very busy. Remember, you need the Holy Spirit to get saved. We are, the Bible says, like dead men. And without the Holy Spirit nudging us to give us some spiritual eyes to make that decision for Christ or not, we just can't. Yeah, Nathan, and you know, as I as I was looking at these passages, uh, I was just astounded when we when we look at uh, also God's plan for them. Last week we were talking about how God supernaturally is going to set them apart in Revelation chapter fourteen. But I was wondering, Nathan, maybe someone didn't catch last week's program. If you might be able to read for us Revelation fourteen verses one through five, uh, just so that they can get a glimpse of, of what these individuals were like and how special they were. Certainly. Okay, well, Revelation 14, 1 through 5 reads, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Yeah. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones to whom the Lamb follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. That is amazing. So we talked a little bit about the, their, the, the verse 4, their character, their behavior, and, and the importance of being pure uh, before the Lord, because God wants to use pure vessels uh, to accomplish his work. He does, and that's what the 144 are. They are most likely young men, uh, obviously, because they haven't been with a woman yet. They're dedicated to serving the Lord, 
when the rapture happens, they won't be saved uh, at all because obviously they get saved after the rapture. Uh, we also know that they are definitely Jewish people. It's not the idea that, well, the church has replaced Israel and this is the church. No, it, uh, Revelation 7 tells us that there are 12,000 and it lists 12 of the tribes of Israel, 12 of the 13 tribes other than Dan. So we know then that these are Jewish men who will accept That's Jesus right. Christ as Savior. They will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. They will be protected supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And they will be like super evangelists going out to the four corners of the earth and sharing yeah. the gospel with everybody during that time. Matter of fact, it is believed that they might lead more people to Christ during the tribulation than the whole church has done in the last 2,000 years. Ooh. And Nathan, and I believe it because it's going to be such a revival in such a desperate time. And I love that because it's God's hope in the time of trouble. It's God's encouragement in the time of tribulation, if you will, for those that in him. Right. But they're not the only people that uh, will be bringing the gospel during that time period, right? Actually, Nathan, you made a very, very good point because we're missing another group. And in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and on, we finally discover who this group is. Can you take us through Revelation 14? Okay. Well, we've got two humans supernaturally protected, and then they're killed and resurrected. We have 144,000 Jewish evangelists. But God actually has angels, angels involved in the salvation of man during that time. We read in verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, the springs of water. So, Nathan, here we have it. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute, angels, uh, but they actually do assist in proclaiming the gospel. I mean, it's very clear here uh, that, I mean, in reality, Nathan, God can choose to use whoever he wants to. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm certainly angels are involved in the spreading of the gospel. We saw them in the first coming of Jesus when Jesus was ascended up to heaven and the you can see all the apostles standing there, mouth agape, looking up in the sky. Exactly. And all of a sudden, there's two angels there. And the angels are like, what are you looking at? You know, uh, he's going to come back the same way you came. And they helped empower them to go out and to share the gospel. Acts 1.8, that's the uh, uh, the Great Commission. Uh, same with Matthew 28. Go out into the world and preach the gospel. And, and angels would come and they would rescue like the apostles out of prison or protect them from harm or, or help them along their way. So God is very active in using angels to help spread the gospel. Here in the tribulation that we're reading, they're not only going to be helping men share the gospel, they're going to themselves be involved in sharing the gospel. And that's where we get this gospel angel, if we want to call it that. Well, Nathan, and, and we know it's a gospel because it clearly says there in verse 6, uh, the everlasting gospel uh, to be preached to those who dwell uh, on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And, and Nathan, maybe, I mean, I kind of see that the connection there uh, in the, that chapter, and also Matthew uh, chapter 24 that you and I talked about, uh, uh, those verses in Matthew 24, verses 12 uh, and on, that the whole world uh, will eventually uh, hear the gospel, but it might, might, it might necessarily need to be by church-age believers, right? 
Well, if you read Matthew 24, 14, this was a prophecy that Jesus gave about his second coming. And he said, this gospel, in other words, the good news of him, basically, of the kingdom, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And many have taken this verse, where here clearly Jesus is talking about a tribulation time period leading up to his second coming, and applied it to the church age, saying that the rapture cannot happen until everybody on the planet is witness to. And that's not true. That, <laughs> that's taking it out of context here. It's not talking about every person on the planet will get the gospel before the rapture. What it's saying is every person will get the gospel before the end of the tribulation, yes. seven years or plus later. And we know this because of just exactly what we read here in Revelation 14, that God will send a gospel angel out, and he will be the one We'll get the gospel to everybody. So where the 144,000 and the two witnesses haven't been able to reach everybody, the gospel angel will reach every single person left alive, which will probably be half of the population of the world because so many will die during the tribulation. And he will give the gospel to everybody, and then the end will come. Yeah, and Nathan, what I noticed also in verse 7 is there we see uh, the urgency because verse 7 says, saying with a loud voice, fear God, Give glory to him for the hour, for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who has made heaven and earth and the sea and spring. So in other words, it's like an outpouring of God's final grace on, hum on humanity saying this is the final hour. And Nathan, today in the time that we li we're living, in, sometimes I feel like we're living in the final hour. I mean, just look at the election. Look at the election yesterday. No, <laughs> the yeah. midterm election. Oh, yeah. Well, you bring up an excellent point, because the context of Revelation 14, 7 is the hour of his judgment. That's another term for the tribulation. We know it's seven years because Daniel 9 tells us that it will be. It's Daniel 7, eight week. It's a seven-year tribulation right. upon the earth. Now, we're not living in the hour of his judgment. We're living in the church age. And so we do not right. have to get the gospel to every single person on the planet. I've worked for mission agencies. I've served with mission agencies who are very much set on believing that they have to get the gospel to everybody before the second right. coming of Jesus. And they forget or they don't believe that the rapture happens before the tribulation. They'll put it at the end that the second will be the post-tribulation rapturists who believe it happens at the end. And that's not true. The context here is that this happens, the gospel to all the world, during the time of his judgment, and that's the tribulation. Yeah. And Nathan, also, we, uh, another very significant point is where it talks about uh, the hour. And I know that we have not been appointed unto wrath. Revelation 3 talks about this time and this hour, right? That is not for the believers. Nope. Revelation 3.10 tells us that the church is not destined for the wrath of God. There, we certainly live in a time of wrath where man has got wrath against man. We're told that Satan... It roars like a lion seeking whom he may devour, and certainly live in a time period where Satan and his forces are against us. But not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is something different. And people will say, well, we have tribulation in this life. Yes, we do. But I'm not talking about lowercase tribulation here. I'm talking about uppercase tribulation, a time period, the tribulation, that also known as the day of the Lord or the day That's of Jacob's right. trouble. It's the time reserved for God to pour out his wrath on the earth. 
in judgment. And that's what we read in Revelation. Brother, we might be leaving, living in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, the church age. For Revelation yeah. 4 to 19, that is the tribulation. That is future. That is after the rapture. Excellent point. And Nathan, Nathan, this is the, our message today. As always, is one of, one of urgent and important for anyone that's maybe listening or tuning in to the program. For those of you that maybe are not able, able to catch us on Facebook, you can go live there at www.twave.tv uh, again. And uh, we'll, we actually have all uh, uh, up um, there the series that we did before. So you can tie all this message together and hopefully that you can be encouraged. But again, we are living in that time, if you will, where we're seeing all these signs develop right before us. And uh, uh, again, this judgment is coming. God has sent uh, witnesses in the time of the tribulation. Uh, he sent 144,000. He sent angels. Uh, and Nathan, even now, if we back up a little bit to our time, there's also millions, millions of people who still haven't heard the gospel. And God is still sending, if you will, uh, individuals to go and let people know God's love and to turn into the of his judgment. Right. I, it's wonderful about, even though as terrible as the tribulation will be, 21 judgments of God that decimate the planet, destroy the ecology, uh, bitter the rivers and the waters, kill the animals and plant life, uh, totally bring the mountains down and sink the islands, wars yeah. and, and nuclear war that will kill most of humanity, and so mm -hmm. that there's only probably millions left by the end of the tribulation. A hideous, hideous time period that God's plan of redemption continues. He still wants to see people saved. He still provides avenues and opportunities for people to bend their stiff necks and proclaim That's Jesus right. Christ as their Savior. That's what the purpose of all of humanity is. It's to get us back to that one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with mm -hmm. the God Almighty, the, the Father, just like Adam and Eve had. And he does that in his grace and mercy by providing opportunities for salvation. Amazing. Praise the Lord. And you know, Nathan, uh, I also noticed, uh, looking at verse 8 and 9, uh, again, it's not just one angel that's going to be uh, proclaiming the gospel, but there's also going to be uh, various angels bringing messages to uh, the whole world. Can you continue to take us through those verses there in Revelation 14? Well, there's, it's not the only angel, but there's 72 groups of angels uh, or individuals keeping very, very busy during the tribulation time period. Uh, they used to dole out the judgments of God. He, he signs different angels to dole out different judgments. We just saw of the three proclamation proclaiming angels, you could call them. One is the gospel right. angel who is proclaiming the good news. Uh, verse 8 says there's another angel that follows, and he says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen that great city, which has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So the second angel comes out, and he prophesies about the fall of the Antichrist oh, kingdom Babylon. and the Antichrist religion, which uh, in Revelation is, is called Babylon. And, and I love that because we can see the sequence there. The sequence is that this uh, gospel that is going to reach the whole world is talking about a specific time, a specific period, and it's talked about the, the, the time of the tribulation because we see the sequence here. It's referring to Babylon. It's talking about the fall, and this is all part of this world system that is going to come together in the time of the tribulation. Right. Go back to the Tower of Babel. Uh, if you go back to Nimrod, who was the leader, the, the great rebellion against God after the flood, 
Babylon has always been the center of, in the Bible of, of evil, of conflict against the Jews, and conflict against God's people. Uh, it is where the great rebellion in the end times will, will be. Uh, many believe that the Antichrist will set up his kingdom in what's modern-day Iraq and rebuild Babylon. Maybe we don't know. But certainly Babylon will return both as a political and as a religion of the tribulation, the Antichrist false religion. And this angel is saying, hey, at the end of the seven years, it'll be fallen. It's going to no more. The nations have been gotten drunk with its adulteries, with its spiritual mm -hmm. fornications. Uh, in other words, it's adultery against God spiritually. And that system will be destroyed. So in a way, it kind of bolsters what the gospel angel said, because the gospel angel gives the good news of Jesus Christ. This angel follows and gives the good news that Jesus Christ will be victorious over Satan's forces. Ooh, and that, that is a powerful, powerful passage. And so Nathan, talk to us about the, the third angel there in sequence. All right, well, this third angel has got a very dire message, and it starts in Revelation 14, verse 9. And then a third angel followed them, the other two, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hands, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever sees the mark of his name. Mm. Nathan, let me tell you, every time I read that, it, let me tell you, that brings shivers uh, to my bones, just thinking about the reality of what awaits those that turn their back on Jesus Christ. And I mean, this is for real. This might sound or read like a fairy tale or read like a movie, but this is actually an event that is going to happen in the future. Right. Uh, this is the, the reality of what's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation time period. We got an angel proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So they teach his people right. about salvation. Then it's followed by an angel prophesying the destruction of Satan's kingdom. And then this mm -hmm. third one who says, this kingdom, if you follow it, if you take the mark of Satan, if you swear allegiance to Satan, then you're going to hell. And, and Nathan, and it's very clear and it's very sad. It's sad to me, Nathan, that even with all of what the Bible has written, today people still mock God. They turn their backs on God. They still think that this is a joke. But, you know, you and I, we encourage people with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're also talking, we're always talking about the gospel. We rarely talk about hell or people going to hell. But the Bible talks about hell, hell, and we need to talk about it as well. It's in the Bible. I mean, I know that a lot of churches nowadays are, or pastors are rather scared to bring up anything that sounds that God is judgmental. It's all about God's love. And, oh, yes, there's right. certainly God's love. But love and justice go hand in hand. You can't have Absolutely. one without another. You need both. And by not talking about God's justice, when we're always talking about God's love, then we tend to minimize the fact that our sin sends us to hell and if we don't have Jesus Christ as our Savior, our sins aren't forgiven, and we're still going mm. to hell. And if the pulpits are silent about that, then millions will go to hell thinking they're good people going to heaven.
Mm-hmm. And, Nathan, and that is a very excellent point because, again, this is not a subject matter that we like to always uh, bring up or talk about it. But we also don't want people to be deceived in thinking that they're good. The Bible says that all have uh, sin and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that if people reject Jesus, they will not make it to heaven. So the only way for someone to go to heaven is through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. And that means no one, right, Nathan? That means nobody. Uh, John 3.36 tells us that the wrath of God remains on us. If we haven't accepted yeah. Jesus, the, the punishment for our sins is the wrath of God, and that's the sentence to hell. And I, uh, the other week I had a debate with an atheist for an hour on this radio podcast. We talked about wow. the, the justice of God. And all he kept talking about, well, if God was truly loving, he wouldn't send us to hell. And I said, <laughs> I said if God is loving, then he wouldn't totally loving that means he's totally just. And a just That's God right. punishes people for their sins. It brings justice to those who are offended. It brings, Absolutely. if you are, are, say someone robs you, you expect a judge to get recompense from that criminal. If someone kills Absolutely. someone in your family, you want a judge to make them pay for their crime by sending them to jail. Likewise, God but is loving because he's just, and he's just because he has to punish sin Unfortunately, we're all sinners. <laughs> we're all under the, the sentence That's of right. hell. But Jesus Christ steps in. He took that sin, uh, the punishment sin on himself. And when we put our faith and trust in him, the wrath of God is moved from us and onto Jesus Christ. And we are saved. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And Nathan, and actually that is the good, good news that we're sharing today. Uh, Jesus Christ is good news for those that embrace him. And, and Nathan, there is a person out there that they're still, still uh, uh, sure if they were to die today, uh, where they would go. And maybe someone on the other end is honest enough watching this program or listening to this program to say, you know what, I'm not sure of my salvation. Nathan, can you talk to that person? so that they will be sure that if they were to die today, where they will go and how they will get there? I love how sometimes you start the show with, with certain music. You, you have one particularly where it goes, good news, good news. I, I love that introduction because it is. The Bible, we're reading some dark stuff here, but the good news throughout the Bible is that Jesus Christ loves you. He wants to have fellowship with you forever. He doesn't That's want right. you to go to hell. He wants you to be saved. But Amen. you can't be saved unless you accept the gift. It's a gift. It's something you accept. And you accept it by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. If you want to do that, pray from your heart. Something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Thank Savior. You. And Jesus promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The wrath of God is satiated. It's now on Jesus Christ. And you will live forever with him in heaven. The fellowship is restored. That's the future God has for you. Woo, praise the Lord. Nathan, well, I, I love that. And uh, man, you almost threw me back to the Lord of the Rings when you said the fellowship is restored. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, the perfect right. fellowship. No sin is between us and God. We are pure before him and thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Praise the Lord. And listen, maybe you pray that prayer as Nathan was leading you to the very simple prayer. Listen, God looks at the heart, not outer appearance. Maybe you just accepted Christ wherever you are. We w- we want to rejoice with you because you're going to enter the kingdom of God with us. And of course, uh, we want to encourage you continue to read the word of God, continue to read through the book of Revelation. Wonderful blessings that are offered, uh, promised to you uh, in this wonderful book. Again, Let's continue to share the gospel. It is our responsibility while we're still here. God has his plan in full effect. As we just read here, God is going to use 144,000. God is going to use witnesses. God is going to use angels. And today, God wants to use you to share that good news with someone that God has put close to you. So let's make sure that we do that because the real mission field is out there. So Nathan, I want to thank you so much for opening up these scriptures for us. It's been a fantastic series. Thank you, too, brother. Uh, you ended that wonderfully. Very well said. Very inspiring. Praise the Lord. So thank you, Nathan, for joining us. Always good to have you here. And, of course, our time has run out for this segment of our, pro- our program. Uh, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, we want to thank you all for being part of uh, today's program. And, of course, uh, continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. We're living in a world that is in desperate need of love. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you. Or we'll listen next time. If not here, then on the air. Have a great day.